This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today, and we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast. This is episode 107, and it is November 22nd, 2021. This episode was supposed to go out on November 15th, but I was in Nepal, and before I left, I did not get it into the right spot for my editor to edit. So my apologies to everyone for no episode last week. That was not intentional. And my apologies to my guest today, Julie Duffy. Um, She is awesome, and I'm really excited to introduce her to you. But there was a bit of a misunderstanding on, well, you know, not putting things where they should be on my part. So this week, you'll have tons of time to listen. It is Thanksgiving week. You might have some days off of work, and I highly encourage you to listen to Julie Duffy. Her interview is coming in just a second. So I am actually back in the States now. If you didn't get to follow my stories on Instagram of my trip to Nepal, I will be working on getting those up to my website. So you can check them out over at catcaldwell.com. In the blog area, I will have videos and thoughts about my trip to Nepal up there on the blog. And you can follow, you know, if you don't remember that, just follow me on catcaldwell.author, Instagram and Facebook, and you'll, you'll see me posting the links over there. And we are, (laughs) we are into Thanksgiving already. I came back and it's, you know, the airports are decorated for Christmas and I realized, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving, which means Black Friday, which means, you know, all these things, getting ready for Elf on the Shelf to possibly come back, Christmas time coming. It is that special season, which includes selling season if you are a writer. So I am going to probably have a few giveaways going on between my journals and my planners and my books to get people excited about them. Coffee Stands is going to come out in print very soon. And so I'm going to have giveaways for that. So just, you know, if you want to keep up with me, if you want to be on the giveaways, uh, you can follow me on Goodreads, Cat Caldwell, or just get, you know, on Facebook or Instagram. And I will obviously be advertising them there as well. I have a couple journals. If you like journaling, if you know somebody who likes journaling, my a new way to journal is a prompted journal. So it has tons of room to write, but it does have little prompts, little fun quizzes to sort of document who you are as you're writing through it. You can, you know, if you did it every day, which is even as a writer, <laughs> I would say that's that's amazing because <laughs> I don't. I don't journal every day as much as I love journaling, but 36 prompts, you can pretty much, you know, do it throughout the year or once every few days, every day, like they're new prompts, they're different prompts. I think that you would really enjoy them. Little quizzes, places to write or paste your favorite recipe at the moment, or talk about what you're watching or reading, you know, all these little things that we sometimes don't really document in the moment. Like, Right now I'm 40. What am I reading? What am I watching? What am I seeing? What am I feeling? A new way to journal is sort of that documentation of the moment of who you are. Um, It's a really beautiful hardcover journal. So I'll be having a couple of giveaways and lots of sales for those because I'm excited to get those out to you guys. I've had them for a year and a half just between moves and all that stuff. I haven't I haven't really been pushing them, I guess, or selling them, you know, not really, I haven't really been talking about them. So as 2022 comes, yeah, watch out for some sales and giveaways on those. I do have to say that it is weird to be back in the States. On one hand, it's great to be back. I had a really good trip. Um, My husband and I went to Nepal to hike to EBC, Everest Base Camp. We had an amazing time, met amazing people. And so I do, 
I do encourage you to check out my thoughts. They will be a little bit more um, coherent and in written form on my blog. You can still see quite a few pictures on Instagram. Of course, the stories are gone, but the pictures of the people, the beautiful kids, oh my gosh, the kids are so beautiful in Nepal. You can still see quite a few there at catcaldwell.author on Instagram. So today I have Julie Duffy with me. I found Julie Duffy, I think through another podcast. I was just fascinated by what she had to say. And as I sort of work on short stories this year, and I think that's really going to be my goal going into 2022 as well is writing a few more short stories while working on the next novel. Julie Duffy fascinated me because of this, because she started Story a Day. And she started Story a Day in May 2010. And she didn't start it as something to keep going for 11 years, but it has been going for 11 years. So Story a Day was done in May 2010, where she just said, you know what, I'm going to write one story a day. And she sort of challenged herself to it and then found other people who wanted to be challenged as well. And it's been going now for 11 years and it's done every May, but it's also sort of repeated in September as well, especially for people who are teachers or where May is not a great month. She repeats it in September now as well. But storyaday.org has some awesome, awesome, awesome resources on prompts or like how to write a short story, what a short story is. I think a lot of us sometimes get a bit confused on like, what does the short story need? You know, how do I finish it? I talk a lot about finishing short stories. The endings are really important, but sometimes elusive, right? (laughs) So I highly encourage you to go over to storyaday.org. I mean, she's got a decade's worth of prompts and information and teachings. She also has a couple of courses. She has a shop. She also has a podcast called Story A Day. And Julie Duffy has a lot of things. I love her podcast. I highly encourage you to head over and listen to her as well. She has a beautiful, soft Scottish accent. It's absolutely gorgeous. But before you head over there, listen to her interview here. She gives a little bit more information about herself, about Story A Day, about all the other things that she has. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And then be sure to check out the links down below in the show notes, Story A Day. And she has a little gift for you as a listener of Pencils and Lipstick. You'll find that link in the show notes below. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. Today, I have with me Julie Duffy. Hello, Julie. How are you doing? Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. Julie is the owner, I guess, of Story a Day. Is that what you would call yourself? The woman uh, who yeah. started it all? <laughs> the, uh, the crazy person at the helm? Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Story a Day is the name of her business. So you can imagine that it's story a day. So I really want to get into this because I heard you talk about it on some sort. It must've been a conference or a podcast. And I immediately went to go check you out because I just thought story a day for real. Like, wow. Okay. (laughs) So, so who are you, Julie Duffy? How are, you know, what, where are you coming from right now? And let's um, get into what story a day started as and what it is now. All right. Well, first of all, I want to say I don't really encourage people to write a story a day forever. Forever. <laughs> it's a month-long challenge. And I started it in 2010 and came up with the idea. I'm a writer. You know, I'm one of those people who's always written, always wanted to write. As you can may or may not be able to hear from the accent, I, I'm from Scotland, grew up there and always loved to write. And sort of at some point in my childhood, I I realized that you could write for a living and that probably meant going into journalism. So that I went in that direction Mm -hmm. and then life kind of took me off uh, the career path when I moved to the US to follow a boy. Then had, you know, it's just more complicated. There's visa issues and you you take whatever job you can get. So I never went into journalism full time after college. I have a history degree. Uh, So I I always wanted to write and I, I continued writing, but like the more you study, the more intimidated you get and right. the less you write. And, and you know, as as you become a grown up and life starts to get 
intervene and then maybe you have a couple of kids and just it's just hard to find time for creativity and it's not something as I know you know that culture really encourages you to yes sure you go off and do your creative work we'll just we'll be waiting for you to come back and reward you so I I just ended up not writing very very much and missing it terribly and I tried all kinds of other things to fill that creative gap without realizing what I was doing mm. so I was knitting and I was making terrible terrible jewelry really bad at that <laughs> I can't I can't I've no artist you know I can't draw anything like that but I was doing things that fitted in around in the gaps of my life right and at some point I realized that I was sitting around daydreaming and that maybe I should actually write some of those things down and get back to the writing I couldn't figure out how to do it so I started I started doing some of these challenges like there was one at the time called 100 words and you were supposed to write a 100 word story for 100 days and I tried that and got to about you know day 12 and NaNoWriMo just seemed so overwhelming because the yes. idea of writing a novel I couldn't even finish a story and I had no idea how to write a novel and that's just seemed like a hugely intimidating yes and, and I love and short once you stories have kids it's like I can't even dedicate a whole day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and trying to keep that much coherent thought in your head when you've got little kids is you know I, so I figured I'd go back to short stories which I'd always loved and surely I could you know find a little bit of time to talk about short you know to do short stories so it was one dreary day in February driving down the road in Pennsylvania where I now live and I had the kids screaming in the back of the car and we were doing errands and it wasn't very inspiring and I just thought I have to do something mm-hmm. you know I have to get back to me so I decided I would challenge myself you know all these challenges were out there but there was nothing for short story writers and I was really annoyed about it and then I thought well don't get annoyed about it you have to actually stop complaining and do something so I decided I would challenge myself to write a story a day for a month wow because you know that seemed like I wasn't finishing anything and I know you I've heard you talk about this as well that you 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 know struggle with finishing yes. <laughs> so I thought I would set myself the goal of starting and finishing a story every day for a month and they could be tiny but they had to be mm. I couldn't just start them okay so I told a friend who told a friend who told a friend and, and and like 97 people raised their hands and said I'll do that too so I was like okay and so I decided to do May because this was February, March kind of time of the year. And I needed a little bit of a run in. I was going to do it in April because I was because I'm impatient. But then I remembered that April was poetry month and I didn't want to like, you know, didn't want to step on the poet's <laughs> territory because they have even less respect That's than anyone true. else. Nobody pays so, attention to them anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I can't take that one thing that they have away that from me. That's very kind so of you. Obviously, I clearly thought this was going to become a thing, you know. So I decided story day May rhymed. I could wait till May. We were doing May. So we did. And the first couple of days, you know, people, I, I put a form up and said, if you want to join me, you know, join me and put a web page up. And the first couple of days I put writing prompts up because I thought, well, that's a nice thing to do. Right. And then on day three or four, when I didn't put a writing prompt up, people started emailing me and saying, where's the prompt? Where's the prompt? Oh. I was like, oh. We're doing that. Okay. So that's how that started. And so every year since then, I have provided 31 prompts during May. And sometimes I get guest people, you know, guest writers to do it. I've had uh, been people. Here's the thing about writers. They are incredibly generous. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're all these loners sitting alone in our garrets and, and introverts and we're all antisocial. We're not. We just don't have you know, the space. We didn't have the spaces to come together. And we didn't have an understanding, I think, of how important community could be to writers it seemed like the exception not the norm you know the Algonquin round table is one thing but my town you know that's not going to happen right but the thing I've discovered is that writers are super there for each other Mm -hmm. because we're all leaders and we're all rooting for each other so I've reached out to people like Neil Gaiman and Roxanne Gay and uh, Gretchen Rubin like all these people who I've reached out to and said do you want to give me a prompt for story a day me and they've gone all right so you know (laughs) so there's a treasure trove of writing prompts at the site that give people a glimpse into professional writers heads yes there's also times when I'll do my prompts kind of like a mini course you know so this week we'll talk about character and we'll do all the prompts that week will be character did that a few years ago and then one week was all on point of view or one week was all on uh structure Mm -hmm. so there's like I've mixed it up from year to year to keep it interesting yeah and I will confess that, you know, you're, you're saying it's amazing that I, I do this twice a year now. Um, I don't write a story a day in May and September 
most years anymore because um, I've learned I've learned a lot yeah. I, I think it's a really useful exercise I've been through it enough now to to have learned enough lessons to keep me going for now right I think probably next year I'll I'll jump into the challenge and do it properly myself because I think I'm I'm like I feel like I'm at a point where I I have some more stuff to, to learn okay and there's nothing quite like doing the writing to help you Learn. Well, that's an so, interesting sorry, point. monologuing. <laughs> no, but that, that's an interesting point. So there are these like ups and downs in the writing life, right? Where you like, there are moments where you just need to get stuff out. And then there are moments that you feel like it could be pushed further. And I think like right now I'm in that moment. Like I am proud of the books and the stories I've written, but it's like, okay, I want to like, there's something else out there to learn. Obviously there's always more to learn, but you know, with kids, with husband, with everything that I do, it's hard to do it all at the same time, even though I many times try and crash and burn. (laughs) So I'm trying to be more mature these days, you know, as I go into my second half of life, trying to take the time to push yourself in a different way of, of learning a new thing. And so I've kind of picked up short stories again, too, probably a combination of listening to you and many other people. But trying to push through and finish that short story and, and to challenge myself in different ways. It's a nice way to challenge yourself on things like point of view, different setting, different genre that you might not want to write a whole novel on, or you might not understand how to use this, you know, to write in that genre. Like I don't understand science fiction and I don't understand mysteries. Like I can't quite get there. <laughs> like that, that's still in my head. So I understand when you are sitting in the car with your kids, I can see myself there and thinking, I just need a, a way to challenge myself to finish these stories. That's an amazing thing to do. So when you set that up with this idea of you're going to write 31 stories, you're going to finish them. What other boundaries did you give yourself? Like how long did they need to be? Did you work on the prompts beforehand because 31 stories is a lot of stories. Like the idea that a hundred stories of a hundred words in a hundred days, you said like the others challenge a hundred word story is really hard. (laughs) Like I don't understand. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of it is I didn't, I I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how hard it was going to be. You know, that's That's a blessing, right? I like to jump into things before I realize how much work they're going to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other boundaries that I set myself, I just had to finish. I had okay. to, it could be tiny. It could be, you know, a Twitter length story. I did not have all the prompt ready, probably for the first five, six years that I did it. And in fact, actually, that's a lie, probably till about last year. I didn't have all the prompts ready beforehand, <laughs> um, which I should have done because that would have given me more time to write stories. But well, I always say with story a day, People get to make their own rules. I don't actually say you have to write 31 stories. I say, figure out what every day looks like for Mm. you, given that it's just for this one month. Mm -hmm. We're doing it just in May or September, whichever one you jump into, or, you know, you could do it yourself a different time of year, but just take those, that container of the month Mm. and write an insane amount, write more than you think you can. And the rules are there to give you something to contain your stories Mm. because you'll know like if you sit down with no limits then it's almost impossible to write anything because it's just paralyzing you're like I could write anything which means I could write anything (laughs) yeah you know what am I gonna read so the challenge is there to say to people focus on your writing prioritize your writing this month tell people go away leave me alone I'm which is a really hard thing to do mm-hmm. go away leave me alone I'm going to write like the hardest hardest thing out of everything I did that first year was to say to my incredibly supportive husband I'm going to go away for an hour this evening and write a story and he was like off you go and then I sat here kind of going I need to are they okay <laughs> is everyone okay you know <laughs> like do they need me and they were fine right. you know and then I came downstairs and I was happier yeah and my and so okay. you know a couple of days later my husband was like right going off to write you know I mean, he's a good one I'll, I'll say that but I think people do start to see that with when we start to take our writing seriously mm. and prioritize it we can't wait for someone else to give us that permission we have to take it we have to own it and we have to be unapologetic about it. So a challenge like this, 
I think is as much about teaching us to prioritize our own writing and show people that it's important and stop making those excuses about, oh, well, you know, I don't have time or um, nobody thinks it's important or people give me a funny look when I take time for myself to do this. And, you know, if, if you needed time, like, you know, if your kids were sick and you had to step away from all your other obligations to look after them, you'd do mm-hmm. it. It just wouldn't be a question. So we can always find time for the things that are important. The difficulty is letting ourselves understand that writing is important. Right. So long way of answering your, of talking about what you were asking me. The challenge is not really about writing and finishing a story every day. It's about setting yourself a goal that seems really ambitious mm. and then using the constraints of the challenge to stick to it. So don't let your stories drift over three days unless that's the rule you set yourself at the beginning because you're relatively experienced and you know that's not going to be fun for you to try and crank out a story every day but maybe trying to crank out a story two stories a week is something that you can that would challenge you and be fun and then you can use the challenge and that month and the community to keep yourself accountable to your own goals and you can change, you know, from year to year sure. or even like halfway through the challenge, you can say, you know what, this isn't working for me. Like I've discovered that writing for 31 days in a row isn't actually that much fun for me, especially when the kids were little. I needed a day okay. where I didn't have to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So I tended after the first year, I tended to take Sundays off and just be like, nope, I'm not thinking about it, especially because I was running the challenge. As right. well, so it was a lot. But for me, taking a day off a week was a much more productive way to do it. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't tried. Sure. To write a story every day for 30 I mean, days. You're still talking about so, 27 stories. And you know. Yeah. So I mean, they're necessarily they're gonna be tiny. They're, I mean, the longest story, I think somebody in the group wrote a four thousand word. I've got an, I've got a few insane writers yeah. in the group. But sometimes they'll they'll write like four thousand words. Most people are writing flash fiction, mm-hmm. and usually in my prompts, I'll say, you know, write a two-sentence story a couple of times during the like, write a hundred-word story, write a Twitter-length story a couple of times during the challenge or I'll say rewrite a story from earlier in the challenge or rewrite mm. fairy tale or you know things to make it a, a little easier to get get the words right. down because you're not you're not going to be able to write uh, but but the, you're not going to be able to write 31 long stories you're also not going to be able to write good stories I mean, mm-hmm. you're just not and that's kind of the point of the challenge as well because that advice that that brilliant advice from Anne Lott about writing a terrible first draft is really easy to hear and it's easy to say and it's really really hard to let yourself yes. do it so that's another thing that the challenge intends is for you to be okay with just writing something that's not great and putting an ending on it because I really feel like once you put the end on a story you kind of know what it wants to be oh interesting you, you know what the beginning wants to be once you've written the end I could talk all day. Yes, so I'm fascinated. Tell me what I'm you want to say next. <laughs> because you were talking about, you know, trying out different yeah. genres and trying out different styles. And, th- and that's the other beauty of short stories is that you can try these things out. You can be like, I don't know, maybe I want to write a story about a tree. I don't know what that would be like. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm sick of always writing middle-aged women. So I'm going to write a story about a tree on a spaceship, you know. And and then you have to, but you you don't have to support the weight of a novel right. with that. You can write a thousand words and call it done and be like, yeah, well, that was rubbish. Or, hey, that was really interesting. Maybe I'll write more inanimate, not inanimate, but like um, non-human right. characters. It's all about... But I don't think you I don't think you achieve it, that unless you force yourself to put an ending on it. Oh, that's interesting. So I hear, like what I hear and I, my mind's going, it's like things are clicking. So... I think you're right that it's a lot about giving yourself permission. So if you are on the track of being a writer, you want to, this is this to be your job, right? So we have a hard time even calling ourselves writers because it takes a while to do that. And then, you know, you might finish the one book and then you feel the pressure. There's, you know, America is all about this pressure and the go, go, go. So you never get that opportunity or you never give yourself the permission to try out new things. Like I'm going to write from the perspective of the tree or the swing or whatever. It's like, oh, but I have to finish my novel. So I love this idea of taking on 31 days, which in the scheme of life is nothing, but to give yourself the permission to try out different things. And the idea that once you put the ending on, you understand what the beginning is. 
That's really interesting because I think so many times we can be obsessed with the first line. <laughs> like if if you listen to you know quite a few different podcasts or different, like the first line is key. Okay, I get that, but I think that we can get obsessed with the editing and re-editing the beginning, you know, and get in this like cycle and never really get to the end. And you're right, once you get to the end, you actually know what the story, what you're trying to say, <laughs> you know, like how many times is an editor or a yep. beta reader? Like, what are you trying to say with this story? Yeah. That's, I And then if you, if you get to the end, if you force yourself to get through the middle where it's all messy and it's kind of like you're, you're, there's possibilities and you're constantly introducing new right. characters and new situations. And then you have to start like closing down some of that stuff and cutting off the possibilities. And then you have to figure out what the ending is going to be. And then once you've written the ending, you can suddenly realize, oh, that whole opening that I wrote needs to go. Right. Either it was throat clearing or it hadn't started soon enough. Since usually we start way too soon. But once you've written the ending, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that opening is wrong. And I need to set these things up in that opening line. So I don't know now that I've written more. I, I used to think about that, you know, the opening line is so important. And you have to set everything up and it has to be perfect. I don't know now how I would write an opening line first. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think any opening lines have survived. And when they do, it's usually because I like them, not because they are actually serving the purpose of setting up the story mm -hmm. properly and that's always a mistake so I don't know how I would write the opening before I've written the ending these days that, that's... Um, so if you spend a lot of time finessing right. the the beginning I mean the story could take a, a turn in the middle and you'd be like oh this is right. the real story like I'm doing a critique group at the moment with my with my group we do this periodically and I haven't read all the stories this time but usually what I find is that at some point when I'm reading through people's stories, a, a bunch of the stories, I'll find myself pinpointing a place like a third of the way in and going, I think your story really starts mm -hmm. here. Because we have to find the story. We're writing it for us. And the reader doesn't necessarily need all that stuff. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm, I'm such a huge fan of people getting to the end, even though it's difficult. Because I think it really, that's when the story really tells you what it wants to yes. be. Yes. I, I like how you call it throat clearing. That's a perfect way to say it. And that's, this is what I've realized. I push myself to enter contests because why not? <laughs> like, I paid for this. I better. Deadlines are good. Better send it in. And it's so interesting to me how one story was pretty quick. Don't you just love it? That sets you up for, for a fall for the next one. Because <laughs> the next one was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to write about? And it came out. But then when I had a few people read it, they're like, I don't understand what you're trying to say. Who is this person? Okay. So you go back after you lick your wounds, you know, you go back. <laughs> Why we always <laughs> think it's just like, great. But I really think that that the majority of that story was throat clearing. It's like setting up the character for me not for the reader. And it was like an epiphany for me of like, okay, I needed to write that. That was for me to understand her. But now I need to go back and write the story. And so how many words it took written to actually get to the story was like, okay, that's okay. I get it. Like for some reason I was stuck for a while as a writer of, I wrote the words, I need to use the words. Those words, the words should be yeah. used. <laughs> and if you if you spend a lot of time finessing your opening paragraphs, because that's easier than writing the next bit, which I think is yes. why we do it, then you're you're fond of those words, yeah. right? That you, you worked really hard to make them beautiful. And if they're not serving the story, it's that much harder to cut them out. So I'm a big fan of the fast first. Just get it done. That's interesting. So when you finished the challenge, did you find yourself with more creativity at that point, like filled up or not, not to say that you wanted to keep writing stories every day, but how, how was the ending feeling of finishing that? That's a great question. It's something I forget to talk about as much these days because I take it for granted a bit, but yes, the thing that surprised me probably most about the challenge was that I I did not feel depleted mm. at all. I felt 
more creative every day and I felt like more energized every day like it was it can be physically exhausting to do writing but I was like I was bouncing you know in my my life and everywhere I went I was knowing that I had to write another story the next day I was more creative I was like looking for ideas I'm like oh that that trash bag in the tree that could be something so yeah it's it's amazing that was one of the things that really surprised me that first year and continues to surprise me when I'm on a writing jag is that the more you write, the, the more creative, more ideas you use up, the more ideas wow. you get. And you should never hold on to your best ideas. Because again, I also, I, mean, I heard you talking about your birthday's coming up and I'm at the other end of that decade. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm heading out and it's a good decade. I'll tell you that. But I, I've I've lived long enough to to get the idea that like, this, I, I couldn't write this same stories now that I was writing right. in my 20s I couldn't write about those characters as effectively because I'm just too far away from that I mean it would be it, I probably possibly could but mm-hmm. it would be harder so you got to write the stuff that you're thinking about now the stuff you care about now so ne- you never be afraid to use up your best ideas because they will there will be more yes. more will come along yeah that, that's a good point <laughs> honestly I think we um wait for that character to be used in a novel you know or whatever but but I think that goes into what we're saying anyway. Like if you use up that idea in the story a day and get something out with it, it's only going to spark your brain to sort of take it a little bit further if it's something that can be taken further. But if it just sits in your brain. Yeah, and I'll say that the, the, the um, other thing that happened at the end of the first year I did that was that I sat and looked at what I'd just done, you know, writing a story every day for 31 days. And I went, oh my goodness, writing a novel has to be easier than that. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed up for NaNoWriMo that yeah. year and I wrote my 50,000 words. I did. Because I was like, oh, I could write on the same story every day. I could write about the same. I don't have to come up with new characters every day. So that was a really interesting experience. But then where did you get the idea for the novel? Do you think that you would have been prepared uh, for the novel had you not? I mean, I'm not saying that people have to do this in order to write the novel, but I'm just sort of wondering, like, do you think the sequence would have been the same? I don't think I would ever have done it. I don't think I would have ever had the confidence to write a longer piece if I hadn't written shorter pieces. Now, I will say some people, there are some writers out there who are natural mm-hmm. epic fantasy novelists who are designed to write thousand word things. And they've been doing that since they were a child. And they hate writing short stories and they shouldn't, right? Like if you don't, if you don't like short stories, if you don't read them ever, if you never like listen to selected shorts and go, ooh, that was a good one. You know, like, if you just don't like that form, and it does not what comes out naturally, then ignore all the advice that says you have to start with short stories and get published and, and do go that way. You don't. Mm-hmm. Write what you love. Write what comes naturally to you. For me, I would not have had the confidence to write a novel. The idea came the same way ideas come. You know, you have an idea and then you worry at it and you develop it and you think, well, what could I do with that? Mm-hmm. And then what could happen? You know, so that that was... But I think having developed an understanding that getting through the middle mm-hmm. is difficult but getting to the end is important through writing short stories. I was able to be prepared for the novel right. writing process. I knew it was going to be messy in the middle. Again, having that month-long container allowed me to see, well, you know, by the fourth week, I really need to start writing right. some things right. up. But one of the things that happened a couple of years later, I was writing, working on a different novel, and I was pretty pleased with it, and I thought I was done. And then I was doing story a day, and I decided to write a hundred word story one, one day and I used the mm-hmm. character from the novel and I thought about a situation which was related to the prompt and I put her in that situation and I wrote this really taut scene of her and it was really like, it was really zingy and and when I read it, I thought, oh, I haven't finished my novel. This is it needed some excitement. It needed a bigger climax. And I hadn't realized that because I'd only written one novel before. And I didn't, you know, realize that I didn't have a good climax. And I looked at this hundred word story where I had my character standing on a bridge facing the antagonist. And it was really, it just, it jumped off. Mm-hmm. It zinged because it was so concise. And I was like, oh, I need to write a whole new sequence oh, wow. for the novel. I need to write you know, the introduction to this. And I need to have her on a bridge. And she needs to face him. And then she needs to get out of it. And then that, then that leads into oh, the end wow. of the written. So sometimes they feed into each other right. directly. And you can, you know, it's not like you can't use 
You can yeah. you can cross pollinate. You can use characters from your novels. You can take characters from stories that you like and put them in a novel. Yes. You know, it's it's all no. nothing's wasted. No, nothing's I wasted. think I think what you say is obviously correct. Like if people are doing really well with their, you know, 150,000 word epic sci-fi, that makes me hyperventilate. Uh, <laughs> and what's interesting though, is like I, my first novel, I overwrote and overwrote and overwrote. And I think it ended up being 130,000 words, which my editor said is like cut 40,000. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, so, so the number of words it has to be well-written, of course. But I think just in this day and age of creativity, like of busyness, I want to say, of busyness and things are mm-hmm. like, you know, politics and everything is just comes at us all the time. I feel depleted on the creativity. And I think, like you said, sometimes just changing a little bit of what we're doing. Sometimes if you go do a different creativity, that will help. But if you just change the way that you're writing, like you said, that could lead your brain to just relax enough to be like, oh, okay, I need to change this. And now it's it's really good. And isn't it great when that happens before you publish it? <laughs> so that you don't regret it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big fan of those um, sort of limited forms, like, you know, write a story mm. as a list or write a story, you know, in a hundred words. These are things that are not necessarily right. quicker, even though they're short. They're not, they're certainly not quicker. You like, you could probably you'll spend as much. I don't know about you, but I, I tend to find I have a, a, a sort of set limit, which can expand when I'm working. But I have a set limit where I'll write for a while and then I'll be like, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I need to get up and do something else for a bit. So, you, you know, you may write 1,600 words for your novel in that time, or you could write and hone a 100-word story and it might take mm-hmm. the same amount of energy and time. But it's a different exercise and it's, it's those limits take the right. pressure off you. You know, because you can't. There's things you can't do, and it's yeah, it's it's like a it's like a yes. palate cleanser, yes. yes, for your brain, and it puts you in a whole different path, I guess. So life is. You're talking about life being fast and life being, and certainly with everything that's going on, it is a lot of people mm-hmm. are very depleted. This has been a you know a tough time because we're also connected. And we're we're I so know. aware of everyone else's traumas yes. and sufferings and, and everything. One of the, the things I love about living in the future is that mm-hmm. technology is a wonderful thing. And one of the things that fascinates me is what psychologists are doing with uh, like the fMRI imaging and they're looking inside our brains and they can tell us so much more about mm-hmm. why we are the way we are. And they, they look at artists and they look at just people in general. And one of the things I was reading about recently, I'm um, going back to your point about making writing a job. Coming from another country, I certainly mm-hmm. noticed this in America. Everyone oh, has to be a job. And I think it's probably the same where I came from now as well. Everyone's <laughs> got a side hustle and you can't just, no. you can't just have a hobby. No. I mean, you can't just enjoy something. But there's psychological research coming out saying what I think Aristotle said originally was that we need passion projects. Mm. We need private projects that we are passionate about. And the psychologists who are looking inside our brains are finding that this is really true, that you need purpose if you want to live a happy life. And the purpose doesn't come from your job and it doesn't come from other people. It comes from those projects that you're passionate about. And they found that a lot of people have, you know, most happiest people have up to 15 personal Mm -hmm. obsessions or projects that they're working on. And I think this creativity, for some people it's writing, for some people it's woodworking or knitting or tinkering with cars but this is such an important part of our life and I I think it's been disregarded for too long in part because of this idea that we have to be professional at everything that we do but I think going forward we're going to see more and more that this stuff this creative work that we do is key to living a good life and certainly you know once you've got the base life under control you know you've got enough food and you've got mm-hmm. a roof over your head and, and you're you know relative things are relatively stable it's okay to prioritize it, it's, it's actually right. essential to prioritize this kind of work and it doesn't have to be writing but certainly the, the things that matter to you I think we're going to come to understand just how important that is right. for a good life 
And um, that's my story. Oh, I love that. I've got a bit of a soapbox on this one. I'm I'm not against anybody going professional (laughs) if that's what they want to do. If you want to make your money from writing, great, go for it. But it's a different, it's a different question from should I be a writer? You're a writer if you write, if it makes you happy, if it energizes you, if it's something that that is part of your purpose and that makes makes your life better, then you do not have to go pro to call yourself a writer. This is true. But you have to write. You have to write. Yes. And there are so many complications to becoming a writer professionally. Anyway, you know, we could go all down that road. But I think you're right. I loved, there's a, of course, when I talk to people, I can't remember the names of books. Gosh, I'll have to figure it out. But it was, it was a pretty obscure book, but it went into like how our ancestors used to use up their time and how much creativity they used to have that we don't really think of as creativity, but like the pie making. Ooh, is it the storytelling oh, animal? it was not. It was a really obscure book. I look around as though I might have it here. It was, gosh, I do this to my listeners all the time. <laughs> it had, and it was written, um, there's like 10 ways in which we've, we've sort of, this is not the title, but basically 10 ways in which we've ignored how our ancestors did it right. The things like pie making contests that they used to do in villages or, you know, who could grow the biggest tomatoes or these things that we sort of take for granted that, oh, you know, that's archaic or that's quaint, (laughs) you know, but really let's say like making actual curtains by hand or quilting or all these different things that we don't give ourselves time to do anymore. And we don't really give them credit for, but how it was so much healthier for them mentally and just as a full life and how we should get back to that and how we should take our time to memorize poems or give presentations. Like there was no television. So they had to entertain themselves by, you know, memorizing a poem or a story and putting it on a show for the family, which was like 20 people, you know, <laughs> things like this. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's what my, my parents grew up doing right. and I did. And I went to such an old fashioned school that not only did they insist that we use fountain pens, which is oh, wow. a lifelong habit, but we were forced to learn a poem and recite it every week when, yes. when I was teeny tiny. And yeah, I, I thought that was an excellent, <laughs> excellent preparation for life because yeah, and, and you know, picking up guitars and sitting around singing was part of the culture that I grew up in. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's not that it's not so far away that we can't get back to it. I think you know, I think America moved away from it a little faster than than Britain did. Right. Um, we didn't have TVs the way you guys did at first. You know, like my parents <laughs> didn't grow up with TVs. But yeah, there's a, I see a resurgence in people getting together. You know, open mic nights, and certainly with the internet, I think the younger generation is, is they're just creating mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and some of them are monetizing it now, but a lot of people are just tinkering because they can, because they have the tools and they can make films and they can Mm -hmm. join a writing challenge, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And I love your idea of like, you're a writer because you write. I mean, I think it would be wonderful to write short stories for Christmas presents. I think that would be you know, yes. a lovely idea. I have someone in my group who just wrote a short story for her friend's birthday. And she <laughs> printed it out, bound it, and gave it to her as a gift. I mean, what, what a great gift, right? Especially this day and age where we have everything we need. I mean, I'd love to get a story and that would be so much fun. So, yes, it's just about writing. And sometimes when you make it professional, you don't actually have the time to write things like that. So definitely understand what everything that is a job becomes a job. Like in the end. So where did Story A Day go from there? Like how has it become this very big, you have a podcast, you have groups, you have courses, you have, how did it grow from just that first May into what it is now? That's an excellent question. I think it grew because of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, I immediately, when I started it, I put up a site and there was a sort of community function there that people could comment and I started to notice the same, you know, people were coming back year after year. Some people, there were always new people coming, but there were, there were people who were coming back year after year. And I really noticed that the people who turned up every day and left a comment saying how their writing was going were the ones who were still there at the end of the month. Mm. And then I noticed that they, they would come back the next year and the same thing would happen. But then I started to notice that in between the challenges, I would get comments from them saying things like, oh, you know, I wrote tons in May and maybe they wrote during that arrival. But in between times, they were having trouble staying consistent with their writing. So 
I started to do some courses just because I, I felt like I was learning so much. Mm-hmm. I had something to share. Right. So I put it an email course first and then just kept doing the challenge. And eventually I started to get like, we have this core group of people who are writing and then falling away and then writing and falling. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I can do something for them. So I suggested that we, we put together a group where we just got together a little more often mm-hmm. and throughout the year. So we started doing that in 2018 and then, and at first it was just sort of getting together for writing sprints. And then I started putting on some workshops and then I put those workshops together in a course. And then it just sort of, you know, it's grown from there. And every time I add more people to the group, I'm always a little nervous because it's a great group mm-hmm. and I add more people to the group and then they bring so much to it. They're, everyone's generous and they bring their life experience and they bring their recommendations and people are sharing places where you might want to submit your stories. And so okay. I, it sort of, it started it became this thing that started rolling, yeah. this snowball that started rolling downhill. And I'm now I'm just trying to keep up. I'm just like, well, what else can I do to help you guys? That's wonderful. So um, it's, a, it's a wonderful community. And um, I just, I've learned so much about the importance of community to mm-hmm. writers from this group and others. And, you know, from talking to people like yourself, you know, we just, it's so hard to give yourself permission to be a writer. And we need this kind of, water cooler we need our people we need because I, I heard you say to somebody else talking about like having the, the visual signal the headphones yeah. so that your family can see that you're writing because part of the process is staring out of the window right and and if somebody walks up to you when you're staring into space and says what you working on you're like well nothing now <laughs> I just lost it's it it's all gone <laughs> <laughs> whereas with other you know if you're hanging out with other writers they laugh when you say stuff like that they don't think that you're being mean so I think it's it's really valuable to have places where we can be writers together yes. and I'm just thrilled that I get to do that with story Day. yes that's amazing so did you do it twice a year from the beginning like did they ask no okay it, it was I didn't the first year and I didn't I think not the second year and then people because what I didn't realize when I my kids were very little and although I come from a long line of teachers, I resisted that world. I didn't realize that May is insane okay. when you've got anything to do with the education system. Right. It's just it, May is a very, very busy month. So I had a lot of people, obviously a lot of people who like to write go into teaching or are in, still in college. And a lot of people were telling me that May was just not going to work for them. And I I picked September again, not really thinking about the, the academic year, but I didn't want to butt up. I know a lot of people prepare for NaNoWriMo in October, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to butt up against that. So I, I put Story Day September into place. And so I, I just I just recycle the prompts from May. And some people do it twice a year. They do the same thing and they write different stories to the same prompts, which is really interesting. Yeah, and they come up with different stuff. Um, but the thing is, writing to these prompts, some people really resist it. And I have people in the group who are like, I don't want to write prompts. I don't write. I'm like, wait, what? That's kind of what I do here. Why are you in my world? And but they are, and and then they start doing it, and they're like, oh, you were right. Like limits are good. Yes, limits are good. And so many people have come back to me and told me, I don't really talk about getting published at Story a Day. That's certainly inside the group. We talk about it. Outside, you know, in the more public facing parts of the the site, I don't really ever talk about that stuff, even though I've got a background in the along the edges of the publishing industry because I, I think it's putting the cart before mm-hmm. the horse if you start thinking about publishing too soon so I don't talk about that stuff a lot and it amazes me how often people come back to me and tell me that a story that they started during story a day and then sort of worked on afterwards has now been published wow. I mean there's just there's tons of them out there in the world now which started off either in one of my workshops or at story you know as a story a day prompt and you would think that you know with all the people who are writing them that and the obscurity of some of the prompts like I think last year there was a prompt from Mary Robinette Kowal who's a science fiction writer science fiction and fantasy writer and she the prompt was something about uh, accidentally crocheting a portal to another dimension and you're like well that's obscure (laughs) and yet one of the superstars told me recently that her crocheted portal story just got published in quite a prestigious literary journal wow, you know and, and hundreds of people wrote stories about that yeah. and it's not a problem you know she got hers published that's so fun so it's a it's a yeah well it's also finding that courage to send it in a <laughs> send it in because oh. a literary magazine's going yes. to 
be very picky about what they choose. And then what an amazing thing to get it accepted. I mean, who knows what that journey was for that writer and whether or not he or she would have had the courage to do it had they not, you know, been part of the group because, because it takes a lot. Yeah, that's something that we... (laughs) We do talk about a lot inside the Superstars group, which is my you know year-round membership. People can join that a couple of times a year. I open that up. And that's kind of an accountability okay. group. And uh, we get together for writing sprints and we do workshops and things. But inside that group, there's a lot of good-natured pushing of each nice. other. You know, um, nobody will push you to submit if you don't want to. But if you ever say, oh, yeah, then you're going to have everyone going, have you submitted yet? You said you were going to submit. You know, That's good. And, you know, because it's kind of fun to push your yeah. friends to do the things that you're scared yeah. to do. So a lot of people have been submitting things that they wouldn't have otherwise. That's wonderful. And, um, and then yeah. you can, it's, it's nice you to can have celebrate or commiserate together. I think that's what we also lose when we think that writing is all by ourselves. Yeah. It's when you don't win. <laughs> and you learn and you learn to celebrate. Yes. Um, you learn to celebrate everything, I think, when you're in a group. We have a thread called okay. Triumph in our little Slack workspace. And I really encourage people to, to they'll celebrate anything. You know, like we'll celebrate if you didn't want to write today and you managed to yeah. write. We'll celebrate if you got a rejection. We'll celebrate. And it's really good for people at different levels when you're in a group because you see people who you think look really, really successful. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the outside, you just kind of see the swan on top of the water. Yeah. But if you're in a writing group with them, you see the feet paddling and you see the times that they get rejected and you see the, the them picking themselves up and trying again. And, and it's it just makes the whole thing seem much more doable yeah. when you immerse yourself. But we, you know, when you hang out with other writers and and stop thinking that it's this rarefied art that only the selected few have the talent and ability to do and, and you're not worthy. And then yeah, you meet people who are getting published and you're like, oh. Hey, it's you're just working at it like me yes yes <laughs> I know I I was in a group last year and I I was taking myself a little bit too seriously let's just put that out there I was trying to write a story of my childhood it was really frustrating hey I think I was you know whatever um and this one woman wrote a story about her last name because she always thought it was very funny and how when she was the saleswoman, she collected funny last names. Um, and so she wrote a story about it. And it was, it was so funny. And I just, I remember listening to it and laughing and having fun in that moment and thinking, yes, I don't have to take myself so seriously all the time. I don't have to take my craft so seriously. Because that, that m- moment of laughter in the midst, especially of this last year and a half was just, was way more precious to me than whether or not I finished my story. It was, oh, I needed that. I needed that laugh. Thank you so much for writing that story. And you, she was like, oh, I, you know, I just put it together. Like I just thought it, I needed something to, to bring today. Like, oh no, that, that was wonderful. I love that. Yeah. We're going to writers save lives. Yes. We we and and not by writing big important. I mean, yes, sometimes by writing big important, deep, serious stories. But we save people by making them feel. And if you can do that with a funny story or a romance or you know a, a sci-fi space battle that just lifts people out of the moment they're in and changes their state and affects their emotions and then lets them go back to life refreshed, we're saving life. Yes. <laughs> Not to overstate it too much, but so don't, you know, don't let it hold you back. Don't let worries about the quality hold you back. I mean, you've got, you've got something to give mm-hmm. and there are people out there who will really appreciate seeing the world from your quirky point of view yes. or from your character's quirky point of view. And, you know, we, we've, we get hung up on the seriousness and the craft and yes, you've got to put in the work, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be solemn. I'm not a big fan of exactly, song. Exactly. And I think it is essential as we talk about essential workers, the essential craft of taking people out of whatever is happening right now in this world. I sometimes look at my husband and I'm like, what is going on? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. And so it's good. And it's helping people's mental health, just putting that story out there to help them get away. And I tell my, my writers, it is essential that you write that romance, even if you think that, you know, sometimes we can feel like nobody wants to hear this right now. Actually, yes, 
<laughs> people need that break. They need a break from all of this. And the Twilight Zone, most of those early, certainly the early episodes, they started as short stories. And you can go and find the original short stories oh, and really? read them and see how perfect they were for these these cultural, these what have become cultural, you know, touchstones, right? If you say that there's so many, so many things that are now in popular culture that, that started off there, which started off in short That's stories. So interesting. So, I'm gonna have to yes, go find write your stories. <laughs> so you have still story a day. Starts in May. I guess we just missed it in September. So would you give us a little breakdown of what the links will be in the show notes? We're going to have storyaday.org forward slash lipstick so that they can find your the short story yes. framework. So yeah, one of the one of the things I've done, I think it's important to finish your stories, as I may have mentioned. And so I've put together this little sort of like a for your American listeners, they'll know what mad libs are, you know, your little thing that you can fill right. out where you brainstorm. A character and what might happen in the story and, and a thought about the, the mood mm-hmm. of the ending at least at the very least and you can use it before you start writing you can use it when you get stuck in the middle so that's what, that's available there as a free download for people and then over the next few months as you know I have a podcast too mm-hmm. I do that almost weekly I'm going to be running a bunch of workshops on the craft of fiction the next there's I won't you know I'm not quite sure when this is going to air but I'm doing monthly okay. workshops that people will be able to hop into as well and there's just like, there's tons of uh, writing prompts at the website. And I may be running my iWriter course again soon in, I think, November or December, which is a six to eight week guided tour through the short story. And you'll actually be writing short stories every week during that oh, wow. course. Um, one short, one long every you week. Are and it takes you through various aspects of the short okay. story. So, so that's, that's a yeah. little bit of, <laughs> it's not a story a day. It's a little bit different, but you're writing stories in the same during the course. Yeah. So I'll, I talk about an aspect of short story writing and then give mm. you a prompt and you'll write that week. And then we get together and chat. Oh, wonderful. During that course. Yeah. Getting so together I, and getting feedback or just sort of going over it again is essential. I keep telling telling everyone this they're going to get tired of me saying <laughs> it's scary but it's not that scary once no. you do it it's like oh I yes exactly and then you see things so much it goes quicker like you learn quicker you know how does the reader see it oh you yeah because I, I don't know about you but I can I know my characters in my head <laughs> sometimes I don't quite get it out onto you know paper yeah very very yeah. valuable to, to just even get that that uh did I say what I was trying to say there? You know, like, do you have any <laughs> idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, wonderful. So you have the podcast, Story a Day. Um, storyaday.org basically has all of your courses, the calendar, the podcast, the story fest, the blog. And I do encourage people to go check out Julie's prompts because I am so glad that I found Julie's prompts. I used to go to Pinterest to find prompts just when I was like, okay, I have an hour to write. I need, I, I, I need something to write. And I don't know how many times there are prompts where it's just like, what? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's a, yeah. I, I, I was frustrated with writing prompts. I don't want to play over here. I, I'm just keep talking about it. I, I was frustrated with writing prompts that were either too specific, you know, like a man is walking along the beach and the alien lands in front of him and says these specific words. And you're like, well, I can't write a story about that. I'm not interested in that. So I've always... Or they would be like too vague. They would just be like a scenario. Yes. They wouldn't really suggest a story. Or that would be like, write a scene in your novel. And I'm like, I'm not writing a novel. <laughs> so I specifically set out <clears throat> to put all of the prompts of story a day are intended to be something that you can turn into mm-hmm. a short story. They might have a scenario, but it'll be vague. It'll never say a gender that you have to write about. It'll be, it might suggest a form. Because I don't know if you're writing, you know, women's fiction or science fiction or bizarro dinosaur, whatever. I I don't know what you're writing. So I always try and make the prompts something that you can learn from, something that you can turn into a short story, but that is has limits, but is loose enough that you can make yes. it work for you. Yes. So yeah, there's there's a difference in your prompts than whatever prompts. And I I tried to write prompts for a while last year, and some of them were good. And I I kind of figure out what the other ones were missing. And then um, I think you talked about it in your podcast a few weeks ago. I was like, yes, it can't just be a setting. It needs to be like. Um, so I encourage everyone to go to storyaday.org. You're going to find so much information there and you have a few months to decide if you want to challenge yourself on this story a day 
yes, I'm going to, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> and as I say, you make up your own rules, you know, you can, you can decide to write a story a week if you want to and just use the yes. energy of the challenge, come to the site and, you know, leave comments and get encouragement from people. So important. You get, make your own rules yes, and stick to that's them. That's very important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julie. I feel like we could talk for hours, but we probably shouldn't. <laughs> We'll just we'll stop recording. Nobody can listen to us. But thank you so much for, for coming and talking to us. Um, I encourage everyone to go check out Julie, her podcast and her information at Story a Day. And have a great day, Julie. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me. Hey. You're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils Olympic podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.